Okay, you guys, here we go. She Runs Ultras, episode number 169. We are starting to get to the point in the year where a lot of raises are taking place. So I thought it would be helpful if we talked about some of the things that can take you down on race day. I'm not trying to be a Debbie Downer here. I'm definitely of the opinion that the more you know, the better off you will be. So I made a list of six things that I can think of off the top of my head that are let's say the most likely culprits to cause you to stop or DNF or have to pull yourself from the race. Okay. And these are in no particular order, but we'll talk about them each individually a little bit. So the first one is going in under trained. All right. If you haven't done the work, it's going to be very apparent on race day. You'll probably go into race day feeling a little overly apprehensive or overly scared or nervous because you know in the back of your head. I think people don't give themselves enough credit because there's always this question like, oh, have I done enough work? Haven't I? I think, yes, that is a valid question, but on some deep level, you know, okay? So trust your gut, trust your instinct and go in trained like you're preparation, the weeks leading up to your race are supposed to be hard. They're not supposed to break your soul, (laughs) but they're supposed to be challenging. Okay. Because you want to be prepared for race day. You don't want to make race day the hardest thing you've ever done, which is sort of silly because it's going to be the potentially the longest most difficult race you've done, but you want to have put forth a lot of really solid effort during your training so that you're prepared on race day. I know that sort of sounds like a little bit of an oxymoron, but just know that going in under train is going to have some serious ramifications. Okay. So Over the course of this podcast, we've talked about the ways that you can get prepared. One of those is to allot yourself enough time. I'm a big fan of 20 weeks. Uh, That's the minimum for your first 50K. And if you're doing a longer race, like a 50 miler or a 100 miler, you want to give yourself a little bit more time. I'm not saying 52 weeks, but you need to bake in some time to get yourself acclimated to that longer distance, okay? And... Of course, there are always going to be outliers and there's going to be people that can show up to a race super undertrained and smash it out of the park. But I just want to say that is the minority, not the majority. So please just know that going into a race undertrained is not a good idea. It has been my experience, just as a personal aside, that the people that I know and when I've done it to myself at some shorter race distances, when I've gone in under trained, I come out the other end feeling really shitty about it, right? Feeling shitty about my performance because I know that I haven't done the work and feeling like maybe I don't want to race again. Maybe I'm not cut out for this. All that sort of like mindset downward spiral stuff that can happen when we don't take the time to prepare mentally, physically, or emotionally for the thing that we're going to do. Okay. So that's thing number one, going in under train. That is something that can take you down on race time. The second thing on this list is thermoregulation, meaning your body's temperature and lack thereof, right? Lack of thermoregulation. So basically not keeping tabs on 
the status of your body, right? I don't know about you guys, but this is a big one for me. I've, I've definitely mentioned it probably on more than one occasion, but when I get too hot, it's game over. So I really have to do um, a lot of prep work and, and preparation in general for any race that I think it's going to be warm. Going in well hydrated, having a plan for staying hydrated and well-fueled, keeping my body cool, whether that's through specific clothing, hats, sleeves, ice, uh, any of that stuff, that's all fair game for me to help keep my body temperature down. And when I don't do that, it has real big implications on my race. Like basically my pace drops off um, and it can lead to a chain of reaction excuse me, a chain reaction of events like heat exhaustion, heat stroke, vomiting, I mean, all sorts of (laughs) unfun things that you really don't want to happen on race day. The other end of the spectrum is true too, right? If you go into a race and you don't have the proper protective layers like rain, or if it's going to be cold and you don't have a hat and gloves or the appropriate long pants or long sleeve shirt, like that's also going to have some implications. So making sure that you are dressed appropriately for the weather is a big thing. Okay. And just as a side note, taking the time to adjust your clothing and whatever layers you might need versus pushing through, that's the way to go, okay? Especially if this is a really long race, it might seem like it'll just be faster if I just run fast through this section or if I just slow down for a second to just cool off and then I can speed up again. But actually taking the time to adjust your layers and protect yourself will pay dividends in the long run because you'll be more comfortable and your body won't be going through these crazy spikes and valleys, peaks and valleys, in terms of having to regulate your temperature, okay? So if you're of the opinion, like I am sometimes, where you're just gonna push through, Maybe pump the brakes on that and just really keep good tabs on the temperature of your body. Am I getting too warm? What's the ambient temperature outside? Does it look or do I know that it's going to get hotter or colder? Should I take a layer off? Should I put my hat on? Should I put a layer back on if I know that the temperature is going to drop? I think I've told this story before, but I'll just, I'll, I'll tell it for demonstration purposes. Uh, I think it was the first year that I did, uh, attempted hundred miles at Ghostream. I left on a nighttime lap and I was feeling really good. I think I was probably 60 miles in. So I was going out for my 75 mile lap. I felt really good. I left camp in the dark. I had my headlamp on, but a few miles out of camp, the weather turned and it was very cold. And I did not have the right layers. I had to actually call my husband to meet me at the other end. This is an out and back course. And so he was able to meet me at the next aid station with the warm layers that I needed. Um, But had I not had that, it would have been, I might've had to have stopped because I wasn't running fast enough to generate the appropriate amount of body heat that was going to warm me up. So cautionary tale, (laughs) don't make that same mistake, okay? Keep an eye on your body temp, have the right layers, don't push through. If you don't have to, take the time to adjust your clothing, put on or take off accordingly, all right? 
Number three of the things that can take you down on race day is having no race strategy, meaning you don't show up with a plan for how you're going to move from the start to the first aid station, to the next aid station, so on and so forth, all the way to the finish, okay? Um, Episode 165, just a couple episodes back, called Never Miss Another Race Cutoff. In that episode, I talked about something called the race estimator, and it's basically just a spreadsheet that I have been using for a while, talk about how to make it. And it's going to help you see the bigger picture of race day. So you'll put in your start time, your finish time, the cutoff times, you'll list all the aid stations, you'll put in the pace that you want to run from aid station to aid station. And it really helps to sort of put all the puzzle pieces together in one place in a cohesive picture, where you can start to see how you're going to move through the race. It's okay to think, well, I'm just going to show up and I'm going to do my best until I get to the finish line. But there's some little nuances in there that will make the day go more smoothly and you'll have more fun if you know what you're supposed to be doing from point to point to point. Okay. So this is the best thing that you can do for yourself, especially if you're uh, new to ultras, or if you're going to do a race that's longer or more logistically challenging, because again, lots of moving pieces, moving puzzle pieces in this big picture. And if you can visually see it all in one place and map it out, like map out your gear and your drop bags and your pace and your food and your fluids and your cutoff times, like I don't know how I used to race without this thing. So (laughs) it's definitely worth going back and listening to that episode if you haven't already. Okay. So having no race strategy is a big problem. If you haven't really given any thought to that, start by listening to that episode. And then I'll have to look. I've definitely talked about race strategy a bunch of episodes back hold on, I'm going to hit pause on this and I'm going to look and tell you exactly what episode it is because it's definitely worth going and listening to it, especially if you are like, I have no idea what a race strategy is. Okay. So hold that thought. Pause for one second. (laughs) Okay. Thanks for holding. (laughs) Episode 74. I talk about your killer race day strategy and I identify the four components of a race day strategy. We talk about a race simulation and tips for showing up cool, common, collected on race day. So that is one that you're going to want to go back and listen to. That was May of 2022. So last year about this time. Um, So make sure you go and check that out back in the feed. Okay. So if you're like, I have no idea what a race strategy is, go there and listen to that and the race estimator episode 165. So again, this is the best thing that you can do for yourself because you don't want to fly blind, so to speak. You want to know what's my objective from start all the way to finish. Number four on the list of the six things that can take you down on race day is having no formal plan for food and hydration. Julie would be so upset with you (laughs) if you didn't have a plan, okay? During my first 50K, I ate and drank at will, meaning I didn't have a plan. If I was thirsty, I drank. I sipped even though I wasn't thirsty because I knew that I needed to stay ahead of my hydration, but there was no formal plan. I was just drinking at will. And if I was hungry, then I ate, which most of you guys probably know by now is not a good plan because in the later stages of a race, 
you're not going to be hungry because you're full and you're moving and your digestive functions have been dampened a little bit because your body needs the blood flow to go to, I don't know, the arms and legs that are pumping back and forth, right? So that was a crappy plan. Don't Don't do that, all right? So taking the time to figure out what and how much you're gonna eat and drink ahead of time so that you don't get behind on electrolytes or carbs or just calories in general is going to go a long way. And I know this can be tricky. I know it can seem overwhelming, but honestly, if you don't know where to start, go back and listen to the two episodes that I've done with Julie Shobe on Fueling Ultras. Um, episode 101 and episode 153. Okay. Listen to them in that order because what we talk about in episode 101 sets the stage for 153. So your plan can be very simple and it can be as complex as you want. I know that there are a lot of people out there that make big, crazy spreadsheets that map out exactly how many, um, carbs and how much sodium. And I'm, I, I said the word crazy, but I don't think it's crazy to do that. But if you're just getting into this and you're hearing that people make spreadsheets about this and you're immediately checked out and you think, oh, hell no, I am not going to make a spreadsheet about this. I want to just tell you that you're going to get a lot of valuable information by listening to those two episodes with Julie, and it will go a long way to help you starting to wrap your brain around what you need to do to go from having no plan and eating and drinking at will, like I did in my first 50K, to a place where you have it strategically mapped out so that you know how much and when and what, and then there's no guesswork and you don't have to be stressed about it and you know that you're eating enough to fuel yourself, you're not under-fueling, you're not over-fueling and potentially causing yourself GI distress. I mean, having no, I, I think back now at just eating and drinking at will and I'm like, what the hell was I thinking? How did I even make it through that first race, right? So I've come a long way (laughs) in those last few years and having a plan has been an integral part of that. Okay. So having no formal plan for food and hydration is one of those things that can take you down on race day. Thing number five, and this is a big one. Again, they're in no particular order, but I do think this is super important. The thing that can take you down is improper foot care. This actually came up in a recent group coaching call in my new membership, the new She Runs Ultras membership. Elkie was asking me if it's normal to lose all your toenails because she was at a race, I think, recently. And some woman asked her, uh, someone came up to her and was sort of like, you have all of your toenails? And like in a questioning sort of way. And Elkie was like, yeah, you don't. (laughs) And this is how I feel because... Save for losing a toenail at Tahoe, which I chalk up to being part and parcel of running 200 miles, I've not lost a toenail yet. And I think that this has a lot to do with having proper foot care, taking care of your feet well ahead of time and making sure that you're not going to set yourself up for an issue on your long runs or your race day. So that for me starts with shoes that fit properly. Okay. If you haven't listened to, you got to go all the way back in the feed for this episode 39 with Ted McGreer, who is my shoe guru. 
definitely go back and listen to that because he's been in the shoe industry for a very long time and he'll be able to point you in the direction. We talk a lot about fit and drop and foot care. It's definitely worth going back and listening to. So getting shoes that fit you properly, that don't have pinch points, they don't taper too much, that you don't go from like a 10 millimeter drop right into a zero drop shoe that you actually taper or titrate yourself down so that you make a smooth transition. Keep This is going to sound very, like for some people, I think this is going to sound very like, yeah, of course, like why wouldn't you do this? And some people are going to be like, oh, actually, hmm, I probably should do more of this. But that's trimming your toenails and taking care of your calluses, like prepping your feet taking care of them preemptively is going to go a long way, you guys. And I I know I've mentioned this at some point along the way, but prepping your feet with some sort of blister barrier on your runs, even your short runs, is going to go a long way to preventing hotspots that if they keep getting aggravated over and over and over again for a prolonged period of time, and then you show up on race day and you have this underlying hotspot that all of a sudden just breaks out into a huge blister, I mean, you could have prevented that had you been just spending the 30 seconds before every run, right before you put on your socks to sort of lube up your feet, okay? And this is something that I think of as just standard operating procedure, but I know that lots of people are going to hear this and be like, oh man, I should have been doing that. Or, oh, I never even gave that some thought. So I mention it because it's going to help you in the immediacy, like right now, as you do your runs and in the long term down the road. Okay. I also think it's worth investing the time to learn how to take care of your feet because a blister could be like, It could pop up and be just a minor annoyance during your race. Maybe you take care of it or you cover it and you run through it. Or if you don't figure out how to take care of them, maybe you have multiple blisters pop up and it can end your day because they're either too much for you to handle. You don't know how to handle them. The pain is too much. Maybe you're running in a place where it's not safe for you because you have all these blisters, they're open. It maybe there's muddy conditions, there's dirt, there's grime, there's, I don't know. I mean, there's tons of possibilities here, you guys. So I think the overarching thing is try to avoid getting these blisters, try to avoid having these issues with your feet. And it can start with just simply getting the right shoes, the right socks, you guys, that's also huge. No more cotton socks. If you're doing that, going to some sort of a technical fabric, some sort of a technical sock that's going to wick away the moisture for you, that's going to be huge as well. So keep that in mind as you're out there trying to find um, socks and shoes and foot lube, like all the things, right? We just want to have all the things. (laughs) So that is number thing number five on this list of six things that can take you down. The last thing, and again, these are in no particular order, so this isn't the most or the least important, but it is right up there, is your mindset. Now, in order to successfully finish your race, you must have a rock-solid mindset, you guys. And that's not to say that it's not going to waver. You're not going to have highs and lows during the race, because you will, 
but you need to be grounded in this rock solid mindset. You need to believe hard that you can do this or else that seed of doubt is going to creep in and take hold somewhere along the race. Okay. And again, I just want to say, you're going to have highs, you're going to have lows, there's going to be challenges and obstacles, there's going to be huge wins, you're going to be super excited, and then something's going to happen. But throughout that whole thing, you want to be thinking about just being calm, cool, and collected, sort of what I talked about in this, um, in the race strategy bullet point a couple seconds ago. And if you go back and listen to how to develop your killer race day strategy, we talk about it there even keeled is sort of how I like to think about it. Okay. Trying to go in, not super excited, not super nervous, just try to be even keeled throughout the whole thing and have this rock solid mindset that no matter what you're going to face, you can handle it. You've trained for this. Like maybe you have a mantra, maybe you have a song that you listen to, whatever it is that gets you into the right frame of mind and keeps you there. That's what you need to do. Okay. This one's tricky because I can't just say one thing that's going to work for everybody. Um, And it's tricky because mindset takes time. Resetting your mindset, formulating a rock solid mindset, it's going to take time, which is why I'm talking about this now. Because again, if we keep bringing it up, then it's top of mind for you and you can make it a priority to keep working on it. All right. Mindset. In order to finish, you have to have a rock solid mindset. Okay, so to review the six things that could potentially take you down on race day. Number one, going in under trained. Number two, thermoregulation or lack thereof, right? Not keeping tabs on your body temperature. Not having a race day strategy, right? Not knowing how you're going to move from the start to the aid stations, so on and so forth, all the way to the finish not having a formal plan for food and hydration, no proper foot care, lack thereof. And the last thing that we just talked about was mindset. All right. So there could be other things that take you down on race day, but I think these are the heavy hitters, the ones that I've seen, the ones that I've experienced, the ones that I think are most likely to be the thing that takes you down. But now that you know about them, you don't have to fall victim to them. Okay, well, I hope that was helpful for you guys. Like I said, these are the things that I have experienced firsthand and seen in other people that have really pulled them from their races. And I just don't want that to happen to you. So if you've got questions about these or you need some more information, hit me up. If you're in the Run Your First 50K Facebook group, we can have a little bit of a deeper conversation about that. And if you're not already a member, just head on over to Facebook and search Run Your First 50K under groups. This is a group that is exclusive for women. So just know that ahead of time, you're going to request to join, answer the questions, and then you're in. That's all for this episode. You guys enjoy this beat and I'll see you all soon.